the box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI. What a lovely grey day to make some radio on. Nice and warm in the FBI studio and you are listening to FBI Radio, which is Sydney's best ever station and a bloody good companion for your journeys around this fine city, if I do say so myself. But when you are getting around the city, even if you're a massive Instagram fiend, you've probably never tried to like document the hundreds of buildings that you pass. In fact, you probably don't give them a second glance. But my guest on Out of the Box today does exactly that by drawing them. James Gulliver Hancock is pretty much as groovy as his name. <laughs> He's bespectacled, sports a quiff and bow ties and uh, spends most of his day drawing obsessively. And he's got a book coming out tomorrow called All the Buildings in Sydney. Welcome, James. Hi, thanks for having me. So it's not really all of the buildings in Sydney. I mean, there's quite a few. We're a big, sprawling place. Sure, there's, there's heaps and heaps, but I don't know, maybe I'll get to drawing them all at some point. There is a subtitle to the book. That I've drawn so far. Yeah. Your little disclaimer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Instead of having any you know legal problems with someone saying, look, Where false are they? advertising. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see my house. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Did you go quite far out at any points or did you sort of keep it in the nucleus of the city? Uh, when I started, I just started drawing all the ones that I'd lived in. So they were all pretty local and, you know, ones I'd had a personal relationship to. But then I started branching out to friends. And one of the ones that was further out was my grandma's house in Cars Park, which is, you know, oh, yeah. relatively far out, but classic, you know, like double brick, red brick, red roof, yeah, real garage, 60s Australian hedge mom. at the front. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I can see that. Belongs house. in a Reg Mombasa poster or something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we've got our first track for the day by Tycho. So, why did you want to bring this track on? Uh, this just reminds me of being back in New York. I lived there for two or three years and I had a really great studio shared with lots of other illustrators that I really admired. And the label that um, represented Tycho, uh, I found out just across the hall from our studio. Oh, nice. Got pretty excited about that, ran across the hall and <laughs> bought their record. Excellent, just from, from the them. source. Yeah, yeah, I was like, nice. here's the money. Here, oh, here's a box of the records. Yeah, with zero miles. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. exactly. Low carbon emissions. <laughs> <laughs> FBI 94.5.
such a cruisy band, Tycho. Very good rainy day music, I find. Perfect what do you reckon? for grabbing the doona. Yeah, absolutely. Snuggling down. Making yourself a miso soup. Don't mm. even worry about it. All right, my guest on Out of the Box today is James Gulliver Hancock. And you brought that track in because they were across from you when you were living in New York and you were in the studio and they were yeah. just kind of sharing the building with you. Yeah. But I'm sure you would have run into heaps of quite, you know, amazing creative people in New York. It seems like the, the nucleus for creative types. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like a bit of a cliche going to New York. I'd spent a bit of time in LA and that didn't really do that for me because it's so focused on film and TV. But when I got to New York, it was just like almost go to the bar and met the art director of the New York Times. <laughs> you know? Oh my God, she's just hanging out. <clears throat> Stuff like that just seemed to happen quite naturally, which was amazing. I mean, a lot of it had to do with being in that, the, the studio building, the pencil factory it was called, where all these other illustrators were there. So this was like an instant community. But New York's just so great for that because everyone's got such tiny apartments. They just want to get out and you have to be, you're forced to interact with people all the forced, time. Forced yeah. No one has a backyard. You're not going to have a backyard <laughs> barbecue like you would here. Yeah, no private parties. Yeah. It's all social all the time, which can be intense, but also great for meeting people. Yeah. So uh, you were when you were there, you actually got quite well known for a project that you were doing at the time, kind of similar to the one that you've got now with all the buildings in Sydney. What yeah. was it called? All the buildings in New York. Who'd have thunk it? Wow. <laughs> and it was also a disclaimer with that I've drawn so far because That's there right. are thousands and thousands of buildings in New York. Yeah. How many did you capture? Yeah, I, I mean, I did a few like lectures about the book when I was there and the guys would come up to me and tell me how many buildings. And there was one guy from the city planning or whatever and he was like all super nerdy and factual. About it. He's like, there was 900 and something thousand buildings. Wow. I can't remember if that was just Manhattan or all the boroughs, but regardless, it's a lot. And by that time I'd done maybe a thousand or so. So it was, you know, slightly nerve-wracking, being slightly obsessive and wanting to actually draw them all at some point. It was like, oh, I've only done, like, the minutest skerrick. <laughs> but how did this start? I mean, what made you want to actually start drawing the buildings in the first place? Uh, for New York, it was wanting to get over the sort of, when you get there, it's just, I felt like I was in Sesame Street or something. You, know, like, <laughs> you just feel like you can't help but be a tourist and be in awe. It's like, oh, there's the Empire State. Where's King Kong? You know, it's all these cliches are just everywhere. So I just, because I knew we were going to be there for quite a long time, I wanted to make it my own. So I started keeping a diary and I didn't really write that much. So it was drawing. So I kept a diary drawing things that were amazing. So, you know, the brownstone was right next to me, started drawing the brownstones. And, and the brownstones, is that where Sesame Street is? Well, the brownstones are everywhere. That's the thing. I just started <laughs> drawing what was around me and Sesame Street is just, it's not a fake thing. It's just how they live. You know, wow. the brownstones are quite common and it's like a terrace house here, you know, it's the yeah. same, same difference. So yeah, by drawing that, I wanted to make like remap the city for myself and, you know, eventually it became a home by doing that. So you did kind of everything from, I guess, kebab houses to the Empire State. Yeah. So you weren't discriminating particularly, but no. what, what would make you stop usually? It was random. It was, you know, timing, nice weather, who knows? It was <laughs> a lot of the beginning ones were just rough sketches in my sketchbook because I'd ride my bike everywhere and I'd see like, you know, whether it's a brownstone or a little bodega, they call it like a corner store that just looked perfectly decrepit and wanted to just remember what it looked like. And if you stop and draw, I just, you felt like you remembered it a bit better, you know? So we got a song about the high highs and what's, what do the high highs remind you of? That's just the time. It's so springtime New York. Yeah. I mean, I hate to sound like, you know, a fashion time or something, but it was just, <laughs> you know, like it sounds like a, the, the spring catalogue. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, they were just they became good friends, and Ollie and Jack, the two guys that put it together, we were just hanging out a lot. We'd go to their gigs a lot, and when they were just starting to form, and, and the Sydney boys, yeah, yeah, good on them. Yeah, all right, making it in the big city. <laughs> James Gulliver Hancock is my guest on Out of the Box today.
Katie Steele farming up on FBI 94.5, brought in by my guest today, James Gulliver Hancock. I love how you say my name. <laughs> so regal. It is It is quite regal. It's an explorer's name. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And so that was Katie Steele. Why did you want to bring a Katie Steele track on today? She's another friend that I met in New York. It seems all the Aussie creative types just banded together and somehow found each other. Gravitational pull. Yeah. Just hear an, hear an Australian accent and you're like, exactly. oh. turn around. Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you think that part of the reason that all these Australians are in New York is because it was too hard to make a living out of what they were doing in Australia? Is that part of it? Or is it kind of just a, a different world, like a, a career holiday? Uh, yeah, I think creative people go to America for that you know, career boost. It's definitely a massive market. You know, you, you see bands and stuff in America that are, have a massive fan base and you've never heard of them. You know, yeah. like they're way bigger than big people in Australia. But, you know, there's, there's just that amount of people that it can be. You never know what's going to happen there. So a lot of them are there for that. And, you know, that's why me and my wife went there. It was great. And so your wife is actually Lenka. Yeah. So Lenka. Formerly of Decodering, yeah, now formerly. solo artist. Yeah. So I'm just a little bit caught in the middle. Uh -huh. That track. Very, very popular track. <laughs> um, very popular track. I just yeah. saw on YouTube, it's got like 24 million views. I didn't realize yeah. that your wife is such a huge, massive deal. Sure. Do you, think, do you think that happened because of moving to the States or was it already happening here for her? Uh, yeah, definitely. She kicked it off in the States. We moved to LA for her to start that, you know, she started writing first little demos in Los Angeles with people she met and it just took off from there. I guess it kind of both gave you a, a bit of a career boost. Definitely, so, yeah. yeah I, do you think things would have been different if you stayed in Sydney? Do you think they would have been at all similar? I mean, I think we both have sort of the drive to make our creativity and get it out there, but the opportunities in America were just so much more massive and meeting Americans that push themselves and the people around them, you know, they're not... I hate to go with the cliches, but the tall poppy kind of thing, like yeah. that doesn't exist in America. Everyone's like up, up, further, further, go, go, you know, which can be <laughs> a bit intense and overwhelming sometimes as an Australian. But once you get used to it, it's just so encouraging. You yeah. know, everyone's just encouraging. Completely different artistic culture. Yeah. So when I, you came back to Sydney, it would have been quite a shock then. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was great to come back because we'd both established our careers enough and we were confident in carrying that on and bringing that back to Australia. But yeah, it was definitely coming back and... You know, someone says, oh, let's do something together. But then it just sort of might not happen for six months if that. Whereas if someone said that yeah. in New York, it's like they call you the next day and like, so we're doing it, right? You're coming? Yeah, I've heard that um, in Sydney, everything is expensive except for the talk. Right. <laughs> right. Then when you came back to Sydney, you've been doing the all the buildings in New York thing. Mm. And then you did that in Sydney. Do you think it's going to kind of have the same appeal having done it in Sydney? Because, I mean, New York has so many iconic buildings. Sydney kind of lacks that. So what what kind of made you want to do it here in particular? Well, first of all, as the personal connection, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted to do reconnect with places that I lived and all that sort of stuff. But I think, you know, New York has that international iconic thing where everyone knows the Empire State, everyone knows all the other, the Guggenheim and stuff like that. But the people that are in a city love the things about that city and New Yorkers loved that book the most I feel like like they were they loved a representation of the things that they knew mm. and Sydney siders or any city for that matter love to see their things shown to them again you know and they see it differently yeah like, see it with personality especially the way you draw it it's kind yeah, of yeah um, it's got extra life you know yeah. none, none of the lines are perfect it's all like a diary entry like I said like it's got little sort of energy lines coming out yeah. of it and little notes around it and there's personality in there so it, even if I'm drawing a house or a building like the opera house that you know there's 
that sort of layer of personality on top that reinvigorates and that's what it did for me coming back yeah i was hesitant to come back to australia freaking out really that, you know and i so wanted to stay in new york it was amazing living the dream blah 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 had to come you know had to come back to australia because we wanted to have our first child here and um was really struggling but doing a project like this was you know put a new light on it all and it was like wow this place yeah. is really beautiful and special and incredible and i'm so lucky to have such a connection that's really interesting so it helped you with adjusting it was almost yeah, therapeutic totally. making a book art therapy absolutely <laughs> all right well we'll take a track from Lenka then and it's called blue skies so mm. why this particular track out of all of the ones that your wife has made well this is the latest single coming out it's the singles out now albums out in a month or so album number four I think it is and we do a lot of collaboration together making videos and all the artwork and stuff so it's yeah pretty close to your our... styles are suited very well yeah yeah
94.5. That was the lovely Lenka with Blue Skies. That's her new track. She's a Sydney darling. Used to be the front singer of Dakota Ring. Now is Lenka on her own. And also the wife of my guest today. So I guess uh, you're you're bringing her in, repping her wares. (laughs) Very good stuff. And uh, we were just kind of talking a moment ago about how you represent things, but you say re-present things, Mm. which is a nice way of talking about it because... You know, with your with your childhood, you grew up in Balmain and now you're going back there and kind of drawing a lot of the, the buildings that were important to you. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it changes your memory of them? Yeah, I think when you draw anything around you, you change the way you look at it, you know, and, and I've definitely gone back to Balmain and I drew the fire station and all the places I lived as, as a kid and stuff. And the more I talk about it in interviews and stuff, it gets more flowery, you know, I, <laughs> It's turned into this, we were talking like a a Goonies kind of thing where we're all in kayaks and, you know, making rafts. You know, it it was, you know, a little bit like that. But the more and more you sort of retell that story to yourself, it gets more and more more beautiful and idyllic. It's kind of amazing how it happens. Delightful. Well, actually, we were, um, you've got a thing coming up at Finders Keepers Markets. Yeah. And what is your thing? In your words. <laughs> uh, we, well, the Finders Keepers Markets uh, weekend after next, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm running a little workshop there where you can come and I'll help you draw your building or a building that's significant. It's close to Mother's Day, so maybe people want to draw their mum's house. That's a lovely idea. <laughs> that is a very good idea. Um, and yeah, we're going to get people to come down and do that. And with the ticket, you get a uh, copy of the book too, which is cool. So if you're listening and that idea appeals to you, it certainly appeals to me, then we actually have an opportunity for you to win a ticket to it, which otherwise costs about $40. $40. Yeah. Yeah. So what you can do in order to get said ticket is to basically just draw something around you at the moment and re- represent it. something Ta-da! from your surroundings. <laughs> And yeah, if you send it through to FBI, basically you can you can Instagram it and just add the tag at FBI or you can tweet it, adding the tag once again at FBI and we'll send them all through to James Gulliver Hancock, my guest on Out of the Box today, for your judging, I guess. Not Excellent. judgmental judging, just appreciation. No, that's right. And then also choice of which is best, which is judging. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. So yes, once, once again, you did grow up in Balmain and our next track is also kind of about where you grew up. Yeah. So... Can you tell me a little bit more about growing up in Balmain? Because you kind of you have access to the harbour and everything. Did that used to be a special thing when you were younger? Yeah, we were right down in Balmain East before it was, you know, all developed. Now where we lived, we had a big vacant block next to us, and all my friends lived on you know one or two streets away. So we were all just between each other's houses, and you'd walk down the street and run into someone and go on an adventure. And we had little. Um, cubby houses in parks and stuff where you'd stash things and you know when we got a bit older people had like five horsepower tinnies that we'd go around the harbour and my dad had kayaks and we'd use them to get over to the islands Goat Island and Cockatoo Island and explore and stuff so you could just ride there on a kayak (coughs) yeah it's not that it was like I don't know 500 metres or something nice did you ever get in any trouble or any any strife from that uh, the later on, in, when we were you know teenagers in high school, it started to get a bit more closed down. We used to explore like the White Bay Power Station and get under the fence and go and look at all the amazing structures inside. But I feel like you can't really do that stuff anymore. It's a bit oh, that's so idyllic chain though. Link now, yeah, it's totally Goonies style, like I said. It's <laughs> fantastic. So the next track that we have on Out of the Box today is actually by one of your friends in the neighbourhood. So yeah. Josh Pike. Yes, we and went to high school together, and he lived around the corner. That's lovely. Yeah. Um. And so you saw him last night. 
How old yeah, at the, at the Opera House, Sydney Symphony. Incredible. I was I, I wrote him an email this morning saying it was like he made a wormhole back to our childhood because <laughs> I was like totally transported. This song, Middle of the Hill, we're going to play is about the street that he grew up in, which is where I went to primary school and events that happen when you're a kid and that sort of romance of that time. Do you recommend? Do you recognise, sorry, any of the things that he says in this song? Like, are there any particular... Yeah, I mean, when he sung this last night, I was at the park that used to be behind his house where he grew up and there was a little secret passage you could get by that was always covered in jacaranda flowers. You know, I was just there. It's so amazing how music transports you to moments like that, whether it's the one he was trying to communicate or just one that you associate. It's super powerful. Sydney's best radio station, FBI 94.5. That was Josh Pike with Middle of the Hill. Brought in by my guest today, James Gulliver Hancock. That's a bit of a track about his area where he grew up, written by a friend of his yes. from high school. When you were when you were young, did you realise that you wanted to draw early on? Yeah. You- One of my earliest memories is in uh, preschool. Again, this memory's probably changed in the telling a thousand times, but... <laughs> I remember we had all these tasks we could do. You could do like puzzles or you could do these straw connecting things or you could do books or whatever. And then there was a drawing station and you could do drawing and painting. And I just, when I got to the drawing one, I remember thinking, I'm just going to make the most complex drawing I can think of. So it's going to take all day so I don't have to do any of the other tasks. (laughs) And I just remember, funnily enough, I I tried to draw my whole community. So I drew all these houses and they were kind of cross sections so you could see the people inside. And then I'd 
drew the spiders between the houses and the foundations and what was the grass that was underneath. I just remember just keep adding and adding and adding. So it's from tiny little guy. And then, you know, as a teenager, I was drawing on the walls of my bedroom to the horror of my parents <laughs> that eventually, you know, relented the walls to me. Um, yeah, it's just been constant. That's magical. So it's kind of like you've never grown up. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> just figure out a way to get paid for it. Awesome. So something I've noticed about some of your drawings is that they kind of try to like show the machinery of, of yeah, I love inside things. how things work and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I loved all those sort of mechanical books and stuff as a kid. Uh, uh, Roland Harvey was a illust Australian illustrator who did a lot of that stuff, but it also was kind of funny. Like it wasn't exactly how it worked. It was like, it, I remember a drawing of a little tiny Fiat car he didn't had this huge engine coming off it, but it explained how an engine worked, but that car doesn't exist. You know, it doesn't have an engine <laughs> that big. So things are out of scale and they're all kind of playful, but they are related to the real world and explain something. Yeah, so yeah. you'd have to learn about these things in order to draw them, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love doing the research too. Yeah, finding out things about the way things work and who people are and getting all the details in there. It's an education. How yeah. delightful. So um, do you remember your first gig as an illustrator, the first time that you could actually, you know, make a, make a buck out of what you do for fun? Uh, I mean, funnily <laughs> enough, the Sorry. Josh Pike Middle of the Hill stuff was one of the first... Oh, wow, yeah. this is for the music video. career. Awesome. Oh, well, I did the the album art. Um, I didn't know that. I forget. Was the album called that? I can't remember. His first album. Um, anyway, it had the bunnies with the, you could see through into side and there were like musical notes in their heart and stuff like that. Yeah. And little birds that the same. And then that went on to be the, yeah, the music video to this. That's all that animated, similar kind of graphic stuff. Because uh, one of the other songs, there was all this stuff about, things going through him and you know being able to see inside the way things work and I really you know obviously from my love of that kind of stuff picked up on that and ran with it yeah and you started a, a gallery at some point yeah so where was that gallery located it was called space three and um, after university me and a few mates moved into this crazy building on the corner of Regent and Cleveland Street you've yeah. probably seen it if you've been through that mega intersection there big white ornate bank building it's gray now but it was white and falling apart when we were there. Yeah. And we had uh, offices upstairs <clears throat> and then a big open plan thing with huge chandelier in the middle. Like the bank had just sort of walked out one day and we walked in 50 years <laughs> later. And yeah, Matt started having, just because we had this space, we started having little parties and uh, people started um, jazz nights and stuff. And that turned into the Now Now Festival. That's fantastic. It's um, such a grand building though. Have you yeah. drawn it in, in part of your... Uh, yeah, it's in the book. That's fantastic. Totally. We've got a song to take from North Arm in a second. It's called Quietly Lightly. But why did you want to bring this one up? Well, Rod, whose project North Arm is, he was around at that time. And we had just had, you know, great times hopping between, you know, the Hollywood and the Cricketers Arms in Surrey Hills and going to the shows <laughs> and stuff at Space 3. It was a great time. Magic. On FBI 94.5, my guest is James Gulliver Hancock. And my track isn't working. It's Put it on this coming. One. It's, it's on its way. Come on, Rod. Don't even worry do about it. it. He might be in Newcastle. There we go. This song is so beautiful, and I encourage you to check out the music video. It's very nostalgic, and I'll put a little bit of a tear in your eye. Who knows?
Out of the box on FBI 94.5. My name is Ash Berdebez and my guest today is James Culliver Hancock. And that track was by North Arm. Beautiful one. And by a mate of yours, yeah? Rod, yeah. Rod. Old, old mate. What a bloke. Quietly Lightly is the name of that one. And if you do hear anything that you really like, you can always check out what we're playing on FBI's website. And you go to the programs and playlist page and all of the track names are right there. Because it's just banger after banger today. But like really sad bangers. Yeah. Just crying. You've got to text in with your crying. Absolutely, yeah. Text in on 0409 945 945 and tell us if you ever shed a tear to any of these songs in the show. And the next one's going to be a total <laughs> corker. Yeah, exactly. This is I, I um I just I previewed it a couple times and cried both times. So um some some housekeeping. I did mention before that James was so kind as to give away a ticket to his uh gig at the Finders, Finders Keepers, Keepers Market. Workshop. Exactly. Yep. So it's a workshop. Which the book. And so if you do end up drawing something that you can see around you, which is the way you will get said ticket, then send it through with at FBI radio. I think I might have said at FBI and I don't want the FBI to end up with lots of weird pictures of mugs and <laughs> and like computer Cheer screens. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not ideal for no. them. I mean, they've got, they've got things to do. Sure. <laughs> anyway, you travel a lot for your work. It's true. Yes. B travel a lot for fun anyway, right? Yeah, it started for fun, and I mean mm-hmm. that seems like that always happens with me. Start yeah. start things for fun, and they end up being work. It's great. I think that's the way to so do trip. life. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first the first big trip you did, the first real mm. real big one, what was the idea? Uh, I was in a job that I didn't like, and I got out a map and literally drew a pen mark to England, how I could get there from Australia, because um, I uh, my mum's English, so I'd been there a few times to visit relatives <laughs> as a teenager, but. You definitely didn't draw a straight line, though, did you? No, it was very wiggly <laughs> and got more and more wiggly the, the closer to it I got. But literally to kick off the trip, I went to Central Station and got on the train to um, Adelaide and then from Adelaide straight up to uh, Ayers Rock and up to Darwin and then tried to get a boat out of Darwin to Southeast Asia but couldn't get it happening and was going absolutely bonkers in the heat. So <laughs> I got on the first flight and flew over to Singapore. And from there on, yeah, it was trains, buses, rickshaws whatever up through really rickshaws everything yeah bicycles actually rickshaws though i mean like this is this is the dream to ride a rickshaw (laughs) in this lifetime it's true where did you catch this rickshaw southeast asia somewhere i can't remember specifically (laughs) but i'm no no doubt it was in there so this is with the actual pumping motion someone's actually doing that no that rickshaw's the guy the little bicycle isn't it Ah. I don't know what what is that train. Run? I thought I thought the the rickshaw was kind of like a. Yeah, the, you know, I'd the rather wear art style. Yeah, the, absolutely. Yeah, that that would be a dream. Great film, by the way. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's my dream. Hopefully, I've not got it wrong, and that's a rickshaw. So but, all the way yeah. through Southeast Asia, up China, over to Japan, but then on the way back from Japan to Russia to catch the train through Russia was a typhoon on the boat, and it was super intense. It so you, like, you'd already been on a boat at this point? Yeah, I was loving Japan. boats. The yeah. boat from China to Japan was like paradise. It was <laughs> perfect seas, sipping, you know, Japanese tea and all nice food. But then the, the other way back to Russia was cyclone hell. It was like looking out the portal was water and then sky and then water and then sky and you go outside and the boats the russians had stolen from the japanese were like almost getting thrown over the side of the boat and how are you coping stomach wise terribly terribly that was the worst yeah it was yeah. on the floor everything's coming out and oh, then God. the big russian lady came and gave me a pill knocked me out and the last <laughs> thing i remember was the army guys tightening the bolts on the window to get the no water let so water didn't come in the window <laughs> but it was fine i dreamed of archipelagos and we got to Vladivostok and it was more intensity from there on. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying, but makes for a great story. It's true. <laughs> so um, we have a song to take at the moment called Somersault. And I think it's the one that we were talking about that might make you tear up a little bit. So why why this song? Significant point in time. What did When did we figure out it was? 2004 or something? Yeah, 2004 probably. Just, yeah. I don't know. Everyone was listening to this song and everyone saw the film that went with it. And yeah. it was just so beautiful. And it's by Dakota Ring. So, where were you? Where were you staying at this time in this in this two thousand and four time in your remember. life? I think I yeah. Oh, that's, thanks for reminding <laughs> me. You know my life better than me. Yep. So yeah, after the Space Three Gallery, I moved to a place up in Newtown that was next to a church, and uh, <clears throat> that was around this time and similar kind of vibe. We had you know amazing space with big creative open plan stuff to so, like, to make stuff in. But was it part of the church or was it just a house next to a church? It was the presbytery, which is the building next to a church. So downstairs, the, the priest lived, and every Sunday, the church bells would go off, and all these people would show up all dressed up, and we'd be the crazy bummy artists upstairs, you know, <laughs> frying up the eggs at 11 o'clock. Everyone's terribly hungover, and exactly. hymns next door. Bottles is that, clinking. Yeah. Is that good or bad, having hymns playing when you're terribly hungover? Lots of times it was amazing. You know, it's beautiful yeah. waking up and hearing the bells. I mean, they were close, but not too close to be ear-piercing. Magic. And that's where you met the front... The front woman of this band at That's the time. That's right. That's right. I see
through their music. Out of the box.
holiday track. Just want to, you know, drive along the highway with my hand out the window doing little dolphins. <laughs> and I was brought in by my guest today, James Gulliver Hancock, who has just absolutely killed it with the song choices this hour. So who was Thank that? You. That was Kisses, Bermuda, friends of mine again from LA. Again, a point in time, living in California, sunshine, desert, pina coladas. Cacti, sorry. (laughs) Tiki bars. Oh, very good. I can picture it all now. And uh, so you have your book coming out tomorrow, basically, and it's all the buildings in Sydney. So if you really love Sydney or you are looking for a nice gift or you know you want to see some beautiful drawings of buildings that you know, you can go to allthebuildingsinsydney.com and find out all about the book and have a bit of a gander for yourself. That's right. It's like peeking inside my diary. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which is thoroughly enjoyable. It's true. Your diary is much more pleasing than mine. <laughs> so also I, I should mention that if you wanted to get a ticket to the Finders Keepers uh, workshop that James is doing, you should take do a drawing of something that is around you at the moment and send it through to at FBI Radio on Instagram or on Twitter. And James is going to have a squiz at all of them, and he's going to pick one, and you'll be sent off and you we'll know, be do drawing the together. Yeah, sounds nice. You and James, Excellent. imagine it now. Yeah. <laughs> so at FBI Radio is the way to get in touch about that, and. We've got one last song, time for one last song. And why Bam Bam? Well, I have a three-year-old now. He just turned three the other day. And he loves music, dancing in the car. He calls, sometimes when rock and roll comes on, he calls it naughty rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) Did you tell him that it was naughty? I can't remember where it started. I don't think we told him that. He just made that up. Because he's really in tune with the emotion of it. You know, we have a piano at home and he plays softly and he says it's pretty music. He plays loud and he calls it you know, angry music or whatever. <laughs> he must get that from his mother. Um, and this song, he thinks she's saying bum bum, B-U-M-B-U-M, not B-A-M-B-A-M, which I think is super cute. So this is Sister Nancy on FBI 94.5, brought in by James Gulliver Hancock. And thank you so much for coming. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the past hour. Thank you. It's been good chatting. Next in is Beth. Just some of them ask me when me get it from I told them no no it's from creation I told them no no it's from creation Bam bam
Some of them are sister Nancy, make your body so. Long down the list, sister Nancy, make your body. 